0: You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with J&J. Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever time it is when you're jumping on this podcast. And there's an air of anticipation in this room. And I know if you're in your vehicle, in your speakers, in your AirPods, there's anticipation with you too because you read the description of this podcast. We have... Pastor Tasha, yeah. the first lady of New Creation Church.
1: <laughs> <laughs> long overdue. Long
0: overdue. We've uh we needed to do it sooner. But hey, yeah. better late than never. And hopefully a return guest, Pastor Tasha, welcome to the Sewing and Growing podcast.
2: Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's good to have you.
0: We're really excited <laughs> to have you uh we knew we were going to have you at some point, at least I did. Maybe you didn't know at the moment, but I was really excited and uh, still excited. Yeah. We're going to have you talk about the Old Testament. One thing that Pastor Jonathan and myself mm-hmm. obviously have recognized is when you teach, first and foremost, you do a fantastic job, yes. but you often draw such great revelation from the Old Testament, from stories some of us have never looked right. at before.
2: Aww, and uh, you.
1: sometimes there, you pull stories out of books that we almost feel like are throwaways. And that sounds terrible because none of the Bible is throwaway. No. But sometimes you're like, I don't know what I can glean from this. This sounds, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. And you pull something out of it that is so profound. And we love that about you. And like John was saying, that's why we have it. Have it. Have you. And it. Yes. And it. Because the Bible is profound. The Bible. And you being <laughs> yes.
2: you. Yes. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> that we've you. said a lot. Would you say a few things, Pastor Tasha? <laughs> well, thank you, first of all, for having me on the podcast. I was a reluctant guest because I'm not... Great at this kind of stuff, but I am excited. I'm excited to, if I can help anybody to uh, look at the Old Testament in a different way.
1: Yeah. So what would you say to the people who are really into the New Testament and they say, hey, we live in the New Covenant. That's the Old Covenant. Really, you should be focusing on the New Testament, which by and large, I think that as New Testament believers, uh, we should be more focused on the realities of the New Testament. But what would you say to those people? Um, and, and what's the purpose really of the Old Testament?
2: Well, I say we are people of the New Covenant. That is where we live. That's where our victory is. We have received Jesus and every promise that uh, was promised in the Old Testament is fulfilled in him. And so that is where we live. But that doesn't mean that we throw away the Old Covenant because it was still written for us so that we could learn and grow and we could look at all of the stories and the people's lives and their triumphs and tragedies and really pull wisdom from them.
0: Yeah, I think of what Jesus really spoke to Satan in his temptation. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. To dump the whole Old Testament, you're dumping a portion of God's faithfulness. And everything that happened to the children of Israel was an example for us, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's right. It was an example for us. But the thing that we really have to understand is that the Old Testament and the New Testament are the old covenant and the new covenant, and so in the old covenant, it's really a history. It's how God worked with people to bring Jesus to us. So the old covenant is not gone. It's a history lesson for us, and we really there's so much that we can pull out of it.
0: Amen. Well, I'm excited uh, for a history lesson and just to see how do you how to approach it because uh, I think there's a lot that's misunderstood. I think there there mm-hmm. can be probably would you say. A temptation or a possibility of misapplying the Old Testament when you read it? Is there a way that you can approach it wrongly? And is there a right way to approach it? You said history is the right way to approach it. What are some areas that can make it difficult? Because I know sometimes I'm like, I -hmm. don't even necessarily want to go there. Or at times I've been that, like, just, I don't know, Old Testament, uh, let's stay in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the epistles, and we'll
2: call it good. Well, we have to really put it in its right context. So, in saying that, that it's the old covenant, you know, first of all, we recognize and realize why we have it, why we have this history. God made this history for us so that we could understand that He had a covenant. Mm -hmm. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had a covenant, and that covenant was an agreement on redemption. Mm -hmm. They wanted... Uh, man, And they wanted to give him everything and walk in communion with him. And when that went south, they had a covenant between themselves for redemption. And that's really where it starts. And it starts in Genesis when we see Adam and we see his story. And we start to see that, yeah, that was the beginning of the covenant. And then God's covenant with Adam, God's covenant with Israel, God's covenant with Abraham, God's covenant with Noah. They're all recorded there. So God was working all the time to bring this about. So what we don't want to do is lose the context. We don't want to get lost in the specifics because the stories are broad.
0: You're saying a history in the covenant. The covenant history of the Old Testament and the Old Covenant is a roadmap from the fall of man to Jesus, is that the way to look at it? So as long as you're remembering, this is a journey to get to Jesus and Jesus is still the center of the story, it can help you stay within the rails of context.
1: Context is key and I think that's really good. A lot of times we like to, what you would call cherry pick the Bible and we take verses out of context. And a lot of times attacks against our faith are taken out of context. And I know, I believe it was Paul who said, be ever ready to give an answer for your faith. Yeah, You don't have to know everything, but if you can understand context, especially in the Old Testament, it will help answer questions for yourself and for people who may be even trying to attack because they go, why would God do this? Right. And they have no clue what the context was. They have they have no clue about covenant. Right. And if you know that, it's it just better equips you to give an answer.
2: And context is huge because it's not just a story in the Old Testament. And you're not just going to read a scripture or even a book. They are so interlinked because Mm -hmm. the lives of people and the obedience and how God uh, worked with this person and then that person through generations. I mean, that's what you really have to see. So there's a scripture that we all love um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. right you know God knows the the plans that he has for you and they're for good not for evil well that's a scripture that we apply to our life but that scripture has a whole history <laughs> right. with it and it was for a people at mm-hmm. a time and it doesn't mean it's not for us now right. but it was for them to really give them hope in the time where they were not going to see or feel or know that God yeah. was with them
1: it's like 70 years of famine before that right Yeah. Yeah. They were in bondage (laughs) to the
0: Babylonian people. Right. While that was being said. So, all the external circumstances said the exact opposite that they needed a revelation of God's heart, God's context for them.
2: Right. So, Jeremiah brings that word and he says to them build houses, have Mm -hmm. children, make families, love God. You will come out of this. You know, and he really encouraged them.
0: Now, would you say that as you're preparing to, say, teach the church or grow personally from the Old Covenant, that's a starting place for you to have that heart and remember the context that this is a big picture, a big story, connected roads coming back to getting to the New Covenant that we live in today? Is that the starting point of how you approach the Old Testament when you read it?
2: Yeah. So there's this old, old saying, uh, in the old is the new concealed, and in the new is the old revealed. And I love that. I think you should say
1: that again. Yeah. Okay. That's worth saying twice. Right into the mic. I think that was really good.
2: (laughs) Okay. In the old is the new concealed and in the new is the old Mm -hmm. revealed. Yeah. So Old Covenant and New Covenant, they go together, but they're not an amalgamation. They are separate. One is a history and one is a fulfillment. One is the promise and one is the completion. And so when we're looking at it and seeing it, we understand and know that they come together, but it's not like that you just look at one and say, well, I'm going to teach this. And where is that found here or here? You really start to know the history And then you know who you are. And I really think the Holy Spirit begins to bring those things together in your heart so that you can learn from life lessons of people, but you can live in the new covenant. Mm -hmm. Because the Old Testament, the Old Covenant is always showing and looking into the new.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that was a great introduction. And I know you have some notes in front of you. And so I would love to open the floor for you to start on some profound Old Testament wisdom. (laughs)
2: some Old Testament (laughs) wisdom. Let's talk about covenant. So covenant is really not super popular in the day we live in. I think probably, Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of covenant, what do you think of?
1: Well, I am well taught. So I think of, um, I think of a bond between two people that's sacred. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot different than a contract, but I think a lot of people might think of a contract. I don't know. John, what do you think of?
0: Well, I think of what God did with Abraham where the animal was split in two and he had this outward sign that showed God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. to Abraham, but also Abraham's faithfulness to God and how God was working a process of history. But then in the New Testament, I think of that it's better. I think Mm -hmm. there's better promises, but I think of it as God's relationship to us. Mm -hmm. And when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we enter into that covenant with him. But his faithfulness is obviously greater than our faithfulness. I have
1: another answer. I think when I think of covenant, I think of an agreement that is held to because of relationship.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm thinking about the contracts. The contrast between a contract is an agreement that you're legally obligated to fulfill, no matter how you feel about that person. And I think what makes a covenant work is the relationship. I also think of blood.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think we think that way because we... Have studied the Bible, yeah, but America in general, like United States, is not a covenant society. No. Contractual we society, right? We don't get covenant so much, and there are places where they understand covenant because it's still part of their daily life, you know. Yeah. But for us, not so much. So a covenant is really a lot like a promise, but it is stronger. And when God made a covenant he would never ever break it. And that's the the strength of you know what we see in the Bible, the strength and the length of God's promise and love in the old covenant all the way to the new covenant. So I don't think we even understand covenant in the depth just because of where we live, who we yeah. are, but God does. Mm. So he made a covenant, it was an everlasting covenant. And like I said, it started between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And one person said it this way. They said, the Father sent the Son so that the Son would accomplish redemption with His obedience. And now it's the Holy Spirit who applies the work of Christ in our life. Mm, That's good. And I like that too, because it shows us all of them had a part in this. The love was real for every part and extended you know, the Mm -hmm. length that it needed to go. So that's what we see when we see the Old Testament. We see covenant. And like I said, there's lots of... Um, covenants in the Old Testament. It's really a story or a history of covenants between God and a particular people. So he had a covenant with Adam where he gave him the earth And he had a covenant with Noah, where he said that he would never again destroy the earth by flood. He had a covenant with Abraham, where he promised that he would make him a great nation, that he would bless him, that his name would be great, and that he would be a blessing. He made a covenant with David, that his descendant would sit on the throne, and that became Jesus. Um, He made a covenant with Israel. And I wanna read just two scriptures about this covenant with Israel. On Mount Sinai. He says, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure for me above all people. Mm. And that's really, I mean, the heart of what we see so much in the Old Testament. It's like this covenant, Mm. Israel broke. And so there were kings and there were kingdoms and there were people who went astray, but there were people who were faithful too. Mm. And God was able to continue to work with people all the way through. And then this other scripture in Jeremiah 31, 33, it says, uh, But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them on their hearts. I will write it and I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will no more teach each man his neighbor. And his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will know me, they will understand and be acquainted with me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will seriously remember them no more. Their their sin no more. So the old covenant carries through. Yeah. And that's really what it points to is Jesus. And when Jesus came, Jesus fulfilled everything of the Old Covenant. And so that's really why I love it, because it's people's stories. I mean, they are just continually living in the same things that we did, mm-hmm. and it's just a, uh, how they work with God.
1: Yeah. I like that <clears throat> scripture that you just read, because he was really talking, he was putting in an emphasis on them knowing him and him knowing them, which... Yeah. Kind of reiterates the point that I made earlier about covenant really being about relationship instead of just following a set of rules. Oh. Um, you know, each party fulfilling their agreement, but it's really about knowing someone intimately and basing that out of love. It's a lot easier to, f- to keep covenant <laughs> when you understand how much The other side loves you and they understand how much you love them.
0: I'm trying to put this together a little bit and thinking about the context of how we're looking at the Old Covenant, which you can really refer to everything before Acts or Jesus' crucifixion as the Old Covenant, can't you? Like, So instead of Old Testament, you can look at it as the Old Covenant covenant and even the gospels jesus had not died and officially entered into that new covenant
2: yeah yeah
0: so maybe that will help some people to get an understanding think of it as not just old testament but the old covenant and the new covenant right right but what i was thinking about is the old covenant uh there were a lot of external pictures Mm -hmm. of things where in the new testament there's so many spiritual realities of what happened and i think that's even spoken of through Ezekiel, where he said, these things are written down on stone, but there's going to Mm -hmm. become a time where I give you a new heart and these are written on your heart. On your heart. Yeah. So if you can look at the old Testament and see some of, cause some of it seems harsh. Some of it seems really intense But there was an external response to sin and all of these things where in the new testament we know god's dealing with us on a heart level internally is that making sense what i'm saying
2: yeah exactly and that's so good the way you said it because that's exactly what it was in the old covenant everything was external in the new covenant it all changes to the heart And everything now is different. And there had to be a new covenant because God didn't want to just come for a nation. He wanted to come for all nations. Mm -hmm. And so, for him to be able to do that, he had to work with a nation in the old covenant so that he could come for everyone in the new. And now he lives on the inside of us. So, when we look at that, I mean, it's just like it's so much bigger now. It's so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And which really, you know, makes the old covenant obsolete now because it's fulfilled it's finished in christ it's done
1: so it's obsolete in terms of having to live by it but it's not obsolete in the lessons that we learn from it through it being really history like you said
2: exactly so when i look through and when i study in the old testament in the old covenant everything has to come through the cross Every lesson that you take, every thing that you learn, everything that you read, for me to be able to apply it now to my life, it has to come through yeah. the cross. So some things will change, some things are done away with, and some things stay the same. I'll just tell you an example. Some things change. You know, in the old covenant, the temple was the dwelling place of God. Mm-hmm. He lived in a place. But now in the new covenant, we are the temple of the yeah. Holy Spirit. So we can learn lessons. But we have to understand, God lives in me now. It was finished. The veil was rent from top to bottom. He said, I'm not living in a temple anymore. He came to live in us. Some things are done away with. In the old covenant, they had animal sacrifice. When we said we were talking about blood sacrifice being reminiscent of covenant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was old covenant. But now we bring the sacrifice of our praise. We bring the sacrifice of our life. I mean, it's. It has changed. so um, And actually, animal sacrifice is totally done away with. Right. Uh, some things stay the same, like God's love for us, His heart for us, the extent yeah. that He will go to save us. Yeah. I mean, those things stay the same. So everything has to come through the cross when we study the Old Testament.
0: I've uh, spoken with some people that are Christians that are of the persuasion that even Jeremiah 29, 11 was only for those children of Israel that were in captivity. And really claiming anything that happened to the children of Israel is out of context. And that the blessing of Abraham really is just salvation. That's all that it is, and that's all that you can claim. But from my understanding, in accordance to what Paul said in Corinthians, that when it, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ— We've been engrafted in into what was spoken of, of the children of Israel, right? So we can actually access the life and the benefit that they've been fulfilled in the New Testament, but the blessing is still there, correct?
2: John, I believe that. I've had same conversations with people and I believe that. I believe that when we even look at what salvation is, it's saved, healed, delivered, prospered, preserved, made whole. I mean, that's pretty all encompassing. And so we can look to the Old Testament. We can look at, you know, where it says <laughs> a promise and if it fits within that description, I believe that that promise is still for us.
0: Right. Good. So. Okay. Cool. Just clarifying, making sure I'm on good ground.
2: I know. And it's interesting because salvation is a new and better covenant. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of the good promises from the Old Testament that really they carry over into that. Some things are done away with. Some things stay the same. Some things change. So it's changed in that we don't earn that. We have a by faith covenant. But that's the same covenant that Abraham had. His was by faith as well. And he was the father of our faith.
1: I have a question. Um, It might be a hard question, but uh, I know just thinking about, he was talking about people he has conversations with. I have conversations with people. They ask questions. Sometimes they're hard questions. Sometimes I don't necessarily know what to say. And a lot of times I'll say, "Um, I'll get back to you. And what that means in in my mind is I'm going to go talk to my pastors about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm using this forum right now as a time to talk to my pastors about it. You know, we we know that God stays the same. It says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when you look at the Old Testament God versus the New Testament God, he's the same God, but it's it seem, he seems a little bit different. He seems more harsh in the Old Testament. So I guess my question is, like, how do we reconcile that statement of God being the same when... You know, he's, it seems to be drastically different in the Old Testament. There's, a, there's, there was a lot of rules. Can you speak to that or is, <laughs>
2: I would well, love to maybe I,
1: get some insight on that.
2: I don't know if I can totally speak to that, but okay. here's how I approach those types yes. of things. So I understand that God was working with a people mm-hmm. and he was working to keep a nation pure so yeah. that his son could come through that people. And right. yes, there were a lot of external things that that that's how he guided them. Now in the new covenant, it's all about the heart. It's mm. all about what we do with our heart. So in the old, we see enemies and we see uh, nations being conquered and I mean, all kinds of different things happening so that God could get a people to a place. But then yeah. in the new covenant, he tells us, Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemy. Everything turns to a different place. Well, I don't have to know or understand everything about the old covenant because that's not my history. That's between God and those people. And my history is the new covenant. That's good. I don't have to explain why God did what he did. It's not even part of my culture. Mm. And so when I look at, and you know, even this was really clear to me. We went to Israel and when I went to Israel, I um, loved being there. And there was something very special about seeing the places and understanding, you know, this is uh, the, where the people in the Bible, this is where Jesus walked. This is the Jordan River and all of those things. But I understood and knew this isn't my history. I mm-hmm. only know this because I've read the Bible. That's Israel's history. It's a particular history of a particular people that God used to get me my promise in the new covenant.
1: That's good.
0: I think, and again, I'm willing to be corrected off of the way I approach this, but something I do when I look at the Old Testament and there's things that I don't understand and seem harsh, I think a lot of people get caught up on the fact that, well, God's perfect and God's loving. But we have in the Old Testament, we have A perfect God working through imperfect people in an incomplete plan of redemption. Absolutely. And it's hard to navigate imperfect people in an incomplete plan of redemption. Even though he's a perfect God, he set up laws and he had to navigate different things. Mm -hmm. The New Testament's better. You have a perfect God, you have people that have gotten born again in a complete plan of redemption, but it's still a way that he has to work through. And I think just remembering, yes, God is perfect, but he had still had to work with imperfect people in an incomplete plan of redemption. Absolutely.
2: And that's, I mean, like 90% of what we see. (laughs) It's it's so much. It's so much.
1: Yeah. And that's probably why it took so long for Jesus to even come into the earth because he had to get people who would agree (laughs) and fulfill and do what he told them to do. And so, you know, that took thousands and thousands of years and thank God he was patient enough. I think we don't give enough credit to God's patience and his mercy. Even in the old Testament, there's some really harsh things, but the fact that he was still able to pull off the plan of redemption, even though that we, he had to work with some really difficult people. Yeah. Is a testament to his patience <laughs> and his mercy.
2: I know. And their, their stories though really minister to me. Yeah. Cause I find myself in the same positions of pride or unforgiveness or walking in disobedience or, uh, needing to be brave or, you know, all of those yeah. different things too. So that's why I really love the Old Testament. I love reading their stories, pulling truth out of it. I love knowing who I am in Christ, but I love how that really helps me walk through some different things and see then what he has done in the new covenant.
1: Would you say that a a new believer, someone who's just accepted Jesus and is wanting to get into the word, they need to start in the Old or the New Testament, correct? Because you just, because that just Provoke that question or sparked that question because you said, I love knowing who I am in Christ. Right. You, your identity is not found in the Old Testament. Right. Like you said, that was a different people, a different culture in my identity. My history is in the New Testament. So right. anybody who's a brand new believer, you would encourage them. Jump into the New Testament first. (laughs) 100%.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like any other book where you just start at the very beginning and you start reading to the end. Great point. (laughs) It's a book where, uh, yes, in fact, start in the New Testament, start in the Gospels, start in the Gospel of John. Yeah. I mean, that is the best place to read about who he is and who he has made us. Then you go into the epistles and it talks about how we respond as a Christian, how we are to act and conduct ourselves and all of that. So yes, definitely, definitely start in the New Testament.
1: Could you maybe speak to how you maybe approach the Old Testament? Say, you know, I've been reading the New Testament. I'm still reading the New Testament, but I feel like I've got a grip on my identity. I'd love to start reading some Old Testament stuff. Yeah. How do you go about that? Because again, you just said you don't just necessarily start at the beginning and go, from the first page to the last page, is there a way you kind of navigate the Old Testament?
2: Yes, there is for me. So, um, you know, Jesus told us in Matthew 5, 17, he said, don't think that I have come to do away with the law or the prophets. I have come not to do away with or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. And so, I understand the New Testament is a fulfillment of something that was really meant to lead us to Christ. Well, now that I know him, I look for the grace in the Old Testament. I look Mm. for the message. I look for that path that leads me to Jesus. So when I'm looking and reading the Old Testament, um, I'm looking at how God really led and guided people from the outside to work on the inside. And I try and take Mm. those lessons. So I'll just tell you, Three points that I look at. So, number one, I ask myself when I'm reading, where is the story of redemption in this story? Mm. Because... You can find Jesus in every single book of the Bible. Not that they specifically wrote his name, but you'll find the thumbprint of the story of redemption in every single book of the Bible. So that's the first question. Where's the story of redemption in this story? There are old covenant teachings, but you will be able to find new covenant truths that you can then go into the new covenant and reinforce those things. And you can say, yeah, this passes through. The yeah, cross, take it through the cross, yeah. yeah, and it and it ministers to me, and it it brings me higher. It it puts an expectation on my life that I can I can live higher. Yeah. So then the second thing is this: I ask myself, what's the lesson here in this scripture for me? All of those Old Testament stories will have some kind of a, a lesson, whether it's uh, pride or obedience or forgiveness or trust. Or faith, or uh, courage, or you know, rising up, putting your your insecurities down, like Gideon. You know, Gideon yeah. had to put his insecurities down because God said, "You're a mighty man of valor." Um, there were others, Esther. You know, there's so many lessons. She was an intercessor for her nation because she really put herself down and she put her herself between what God wanted to do and the people, and uh, so. What's the lesson here in this scripture for me? And the Holy Spirit will reveal that. He'll tell us when we're reading those stories, things that relate to our life. And so then that's really the third point. When I read the Old Testament, I want to read it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit because I want him to give me light and revelation for where I am. And that really comes up against some of the things that we talked about just a little bit ago. Don't ever take truths or things that are in the Old Testament to condemn us or to apply to us what's not for us. You know, there there are things that were specifically for those people at that time that are not for me right now. And a lot of it is the negative. If it's something like, I'm wanting to be led by God, well, I don't go and find Gideon's fleece and do that, because that was an Old Testament way of leading that doesn't come through the cross and now translate into the New Testament. So don't let the uh, Old Testament things that would bring confusion or that are out of context with the New Testament really be what leads us. You know? that's,
0: good. that's great. I think that's at a great spot to wrap it up. We always wrap up, as you know, with the wisdom of the day. Uh, if there's anything else that – I know you shared some great three points. I wrote those down. If there's anything else you're free to share just as an yeah. overhaul, but – if you had a good spot, we're going to share the wisdom of the day. Are you at a good spot, Pastor Tasha? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, would either of you like to start? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, I can start. Um, well, I, I like what you had to say. I know it was a tough question about how do you you know, reconcile the Old Testament God and the New Testament God, even though he's the same, but he deals with people differently. And I love how you said that, um, that even though we can glean from that message It's a different people group it's a different culture and he dealt with and that's between them and i was just even thinking about me as a dad and my two daughters i love them equally but i deal with them very differently Mm -hmm. and you know my three-year-old can be like well why does livy get to stay up and why does she get that and i'm like that is not for you to know. First of all, you, you, you're not even really old enough to comprehend it. And even if you were, you don't need to know that. Uh, what matters yeah. is the, the relationship that we have and what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so I love what you said. Um, don't get caught up on those things um, that you don't know um, because your identity and your history is really in the New Testament. Yeah. And that helped, that helped me because you don't have to have an answer for everything. Um, but you need to, the things that are readily available to you, latch onto those things. And that will in turn help you with the things that you don't know. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, I agree with Pastor Jonathan. What I took out of it, and it may seem counterproductive, but Mm -hmm. the best tool to understand the old covenant is to have a really great understanding of the new covenant. And if everything's going to go through the filter of the cross... The best thing that you can do is have a really great understanding of what the cross paid for. Yeah. So it may seem like if you want to really understand the Old Testament, dig really deep into the Old Testament. But actually, you said these three things. Some things are obsolete, some things have changed, and some things have remained the same. Your understanding of the new covenant is going to help you understand Mm -hmm. how to rightly divide the word of truth of the Old Testament. And I think that couples greatly with what the Bible even says in the new covenant, that Follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. I think if you don't know what the cross paid for, you're going to follow people's specific actions and mm-hmm. example instead of their faith. And the example yeah. of faith goes through the old covenant and the new covenant. Yeah. Right. And you want to learn from their faith, not the fleece, not the blood animal sacrifices, yeah. not going to the temple and doing certain rituals. You want to learn from their faith.
2: Yes. 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 That's so good. Yes.
1: <laughs> you got a lot of it is now there. your turn yeah <laughs> yeah it, it it can be a wisdom of the day on on something that was already said or something else you would like to share before we wrap
2: okay up. i'm just going to share yeah. for the wisdom of the day this scripture out of hebrews 12 24 it says and to jesus the mediator the go between the agent of a new covenant and to th- to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of mercy, a better and nobler and more gracious message. Mm. And I just uh, love that scripture, the agent of a new covenant. And so I love the Old Testament. I love the stories. I love the people. I think that there's so many powerful messages but it all comes back to jesus the agent of the new covenant and it's a new and better covenant with better promises it's a better nobler and more gracious message and so that's my word of wisdom
0: praise god well (laughs) we also have a practice besides sharing the wisdom of the day of having our guest praise out of the podcast would you be willing to do so
2: sure Father, we just thank you so much for this time that we were able to just delve into a little bit of uh, what it means to study your word and how we do that. And Father, I pray that this will take us deeper into your word and who you are, that you'll reveal yourself to us in new ways through these old covenant history stories that we can read. And I pray, Father, that we'll grow in faith as we do. We'll grow in the knowledge of who we are as New Testament, New Covenant believers believers who actually have this great group of witnesses that we can look to and see how they did it and how they loved you and followed you and how you led them through into uh, that new place. And so, Father, we just thank you so much. I pray that every listener would be blessed as they hear this and that there would be something that they can apply to their life. We thank you. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much, Pastor Tasha, for being on. If you allow us, we we'll would probably have you back again at some point because that was profound and awesome. And we know that you're a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. We love having you in our lives and as one of our pastors. So oh, thank, thank you, you very much. And thank you, listeners, again, for your faithfulness. And uh, be on the lookout for some, some more guests that we're going to be having here very, very soon. And we're approaching our 50th episode, so that's really exciting as well. Wow. Awesome. Thank you guys so much and tune in next week. Look forward to being with you.